This is Sarah Lemon, author of the Whole Dish blog and food writer for the Mail Tribune newspaper in Southern Oregon. This podcast is produced for the Mail Tribune and Rosebud Media. You can find it online at mailtribune.com forward slash podcast and read my blog, The Whole Dish at mailtribune.com forward slash lifestyle forward slash the hyphen whole hyphen dish. My garden's coming into its own and so are my pizza preparations. This week's column in the Mail Tribune's food section offered some suggestions for topping combinations. There are some of my favorites and that are a little unconventional. More unconventional still is zucchini, not as a pizza topping, as I like to use it, but as pizza crust. And that recipe from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette is posted to my August 12th blog under the headline, Gluten-Free Pizza Crust Recasts Garden Zucchini. This is a concept that's found favor with gluten-free keto and paleo dieters, much like cauliflower crust did a few years ago. But I think it's a genius idea for using up extraneous garden zucchini. I'm often using them on pizza simply because we've already had them and everything else and I just can't handle one more slice of zucchini bread. So I'm all for zucchini crust pizza and I'll be trying this one next with my giant zucchini that are lurking under the leaves and I find too late. But first, I'm going to share some tips from my column, and these have been gleaned over the years from food writers, for other publications, and my own experiences. There's a recipe for olive oil dough with the column that ran August 12th in the Mail Tribune food section under the headline, Tips for Pizza Combos You May Not Have Imagined. I, of course, acknowledge that even as people have been making pizza dough, more than ever before. Google showed it as the number two recipe search back in March, and my household was no exception. We made pizza dough from scratch, but I'll likely always make a point to keep balls of pizza dough in my freezer for sort of last minute preparation when I just don't want to go through the whole process of using yeast to make my own pizza dough. Trader Joe's has a great pizza dough that it sells at a really attractive price point. I think it's around $2, maybe slightly less. I'll stock up on those when I happen to be at Trader Joe's. Other well-stocked grocers tend to keep pizza dough in their frozen food sections. And some local pizzerias will also sell their doughs by the individual ball for large or medium pies usually. If you've never worked with pizza dough, Start small because individual pizzas are much easier to work with, whether this is homemade dough or another company's pre-prepared dough. Don't stress about it being perfectly round. Pizzas of any shape are delicious as long as the crust is evenly thin. About six ounces of dough makes a 10-inch pie. Put the ball of dough onto a lightly floured countertop, and that keeps it from sticking and tearing. With your floured hands, flatten it into a disc, then use your fingertips or knuckles to lightly press the dough's edges outward to stretch it. Don't overdo it or the dough can get tough. I still like to use a rolling pin and I find that the best way to get an evenly thin dough that doesn't start to tear, and this is a method that you can use with other types of doughs and pastries, is to 
only push your rolling pin up to the edge, but not over it. I find for me, that's the easiest way to get something uniformly thin and not sticking and rolling back on the rolling pin is to just go right up to the edge of the dough without rolling over onto the countertop or whatever surface you're using. You always want to preheat your oven far in advance and you should preheat it about as high as it'll go. I typically set mine to 450 degrees and I use a pizza stone that I try to preheat for about half an hour. Some home ovens will go up to about 500 degrees. Don't be afraid to crank it up. Commercial pizza ovens go up to about 800 degrees. If you're using a pizza stone, you probably already know it's much, much easier to use a pizza peel. Now you can use a cutting board that has some flour or cornmeal on it or the back of a baking sheet, but pizza peels, which usually are wooden, they're paddle shaped with a handle, are becoming widely available in cookware stores and online. I bought mine at a specialty store probably close to 20 years ago, but they're definitely, definitely more available. And they're great for also using with your grill if you want to grill pizzas. That's a technique that is presented in one of the recipes that ran with my column, and it basically entails putting pizza dough onto a grill without any toppings, then flipping it and putting the toppings on the other side. You can find a recipe for grilled veggie pizza with that column and explore that technique a little bit more during the outdoor cooking season. Once you have your dough rolled out, your cooking method determined, your oven preheated, no matter what toppings you're going to use, go light, go sparingly. Most experts agree on this. If you use too much cheese, it overwhelms other flavors. If you use too much sauce, it makes the crust soggy. And just too many toppings kind of make for a mess. Now, we're not talking about Chicago-style deep dish pizza here, which a lot of people refer to as like almost a casserole. This is your more traditional type of pizza. I like to use tomato paste instead of tomato sauce. Tomato paste has a lot less water. I mix it with about a tablespoon of olive oil and use a pastry brush to brush it lightly over my uncooked pizza dough. If you're using fresh vegetables, slice them as thinly as possible. And I often do this with zucchini and I arrange it in concentric circles on the pizza as you would pepperoni or salami and sometimes interspersed with pepperoni and salami for my kids' preference. If you are using vegetables that have a lot of water, such as mushrooms, saute those in advance if you can't get them sliced ultra, ultra thin as you would zucchini or eggplant, maybe onion or peppers. And if you're planning to use delicate greens, including fresh basil and arugula, only put those on top right before serving. After the pizzas come out of the oven, you just garnish it with that and so they don't wilt and start to go off in terms of their flavor. Those are some of my expert tips that I've found over the years experimenting with pizza. I thought I would share a few of my favorite combinations before I get into this recipe for zucchini crust pizza. 
I've wowed guests at my house before by using fig jam as a sauce, which I just absolutely love with prosciutto and gorgonzola cheese. Heat a half cup fig jam in a small saucepan until you can spread it with a pastry brush onto your dough. Get it all evenly coated on the dough and then top that with fresh mozzarella slices, gorgonzola or other blue cheese crumbles. Thinly sliced fresh pear is just magic on this. And it's almost like a dessert pizza. You can serve this one after you've served maybe a more traditional pizza. And if you like, some strips of prosciutto are also really delicious. In the wintertime, I like to roast any variety of winter squash in the oven, scoop it out of the shell, and lightly mash it. Brush the pizza dough with some olive oil and sprinkle lightly with some crushed red pepper flakes. Then spread on a thin layer of that mashed squash, which should still be slightly chunky. I mean, I've seen people refer to purees, pumpkin puree on pizza, but you want to know that what you're eating is squash, I think. And then top that with gorgonzola or other blue cheese crumbles and very, very thinly sliced fresh sage leaves, which will get really deliciously crispy in the oven. Another kind of late fall wintertime pizza uses fresh red potatoes, and this is great with new potatoes. Very, very thinly slice them. You want them to cook through in the oven, so they need to be sliced as thinly as possible, maybe on a French mandolin even. Arrange those in a single layer over the pizza dough, again, kind of like concentric circle, and brush with olive oil, season with freshly ground black pepper. Layer on thin slices, again, kind of interspersing with the potato, of Spanish-style chorizo. That's the dry style of chorizo sausage and fresh mozzarella or goat cheese. It's really delicious. Then top with some roasted red pepper strips and a few pitted green olives. It's kind of a Spanish inspiration. You could even sprinkle on a little manchego cheese. It would be wonderful. In the springtime, I love to take advantage of asparagus and fresh mushrooms, namely morel mushrooms. I saute those, lightly spread the pizza dough with bechamel or alfredo sauce, and then layer on fresh asparagus spears arranged in a spiral pattern according to length. Thicker asparagus actually work better for this in the pencil thin. And top with the sauteed mushrooms and slices of brie or taleggio cheese. In the fall, when asparagus isn't in season and you're using those local chanterelles, you could certainly substitute some kale or some broccoli rob. Of course, pesto isn't obvious on pizza. And I like it just really plain so the pesto shines. It doesn't need to have a whole bunch of stuff on top of homemade pesto. You could also use commercially prepared. Spread a quarter cup of it on your pizza dough. Drain a six-ounce jar of marinated artichoke hearts and arrange over the pesto. Top with slices of fresh mozzarella and finish with a quarter cup toasted pine nuts. It's sort of like a riff on one of my favorite pizzas back from my college days at Northwest Pizza Company in Ashland. This is one that I stole from a restaurant formerly of Talent, then of Ashland, that's no longer in business, sadly, Mystic Treats. They would top their pizza with this paprika oil that I just thought was magic. First, mix two tablespoons tomato paste with a tablespoon of olive oil, as I previously mentioned. Brush that onto your pizza dough and top with chunks of feta cheese, 
good quality smoked salmon, and we're talking the hot smoked type that's traditional to the Pacific Northwest, not lox, which is usually referred to as cold smoked, as well as canned or fresh pineapple and sprinkle with smoked paprika. Absolutely delicious. And for everyone who likes seafood on their pizza, it is popular locally. Kaleidoscope does a shrimp and jalapeno pizza. But I like sort of a retro take on this with fresh Pacific pink shrimp, also known as bay shrimp. And Gino's Pizza Inn in my hometown of North Bend would serve the Friday special, which combines fresh Pacific pink shrimp, thinly sliced button mushrooms, and slivers of canned black olives. Over the years, I've updated it with zucchini and some Alfredo sauce, whereas the original used tomato sauce, I still prefer the original. There's just something about that combination that hits all the right notes on my palate, as well as a Greek-inspired pizza that I really love with a garden-fresh eggplant and ground lamb. It basically calls for just cooking some ground lamb and seasoning it with spices that would be sort of typical of the dish moussaka, some clove and some cinnamon. Use a white sauce for this as well to evoke that bechamel baked on top of moussaka. Put that on your pizza dough. Layer on thin slices of eggplant. Again, you want these to cook through and eggplant do release a lot of water. Top with the spiced ground lamb. Bake that in your hot oven and then garnish that with fresh mint. It's just a dead ringer for that classic Greek dish. And again, something that's really outside the box that can impress guests for sure. As would zucchini crust pizza. This recipe is from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette posted to my August 12th blog under the headline, Gluten-Free Pizza Crust Recasts Garden Zucchini. It calls for two cups grated zucchini and that's going to use up about two seven inch zucchini. You need two beaten eggs, a quarter cup whole wheat flour, and you can also substitute gluten-free flour. I mean, I'm billing this as gluten-free, so obviously that would be the way to go. But for everyone who doesn't have that as their primary concern, it's just looking for something a little bit healthier and a way to use up zucchini, feel free to use a quarter cup whole wheat flour. Also a half cup shredded mozzarella cheese and a half cup shredded Parmesan cheese. You'll need a half teaspoon basil and a quarter teaspoon oregano, as well as two tablespoons of olive oil, and that's a divided use. You can top this with anything you like once you par-bake the crust. Sliced tomato, more cheese, thinly sliced garlic or peppers, mushrooms, and olives. Use your imagination and your preferences. Preheat the oven to 400 degrees and spray a 10-inch pie pan or baking sheet with nonstick spray or grease it with oil and lightly coat it with flour. You can also use parchment paper on a baking sheet. If you're using a pie pan, this is gonna be more like a deep dish pizza effect. In a large mixing bowl, stir together the two cups grated zucchini, the two beaten eggs, the quarter cup whole wheat flour, the half cup shredded mozzarella, the half cup shredded Parmesan, the half teaspoon basil and quarter teaspoon oregano, as well as one tablespoon of olive oil. Combine that well. Then press that mixture into the greased pie plate or spread it in a circle or square. Again, it doesn't have to be perfect on a greased cookie sheet or a pizza pan 
Again, you can use parchment paper and avoid greasing it. Bake in the preheated 400 degree oven for 20 minutes and then remove the crust for topping it. Brush the remaining tablespoon of olive oil over the par-baked crust and then top with any of your favorite ingredients. This could have meat, it could be veggie only, it could have lots more cheese. <laughs> Mushrooms, of course, would be great. Bake for another 15 to 20 minutes at 400 degrees or until the crust is lightly brown and crispy at the edges and the toppings are heated through. And that makes four servings of zucchini crust pizza. Find that recipe on my blog, The Whole Dish, at mealtribune.com forward slash lifestyle forward slash the hyphen whole hyphen dish. And you can also find my latest food section column there under the headline tips for pizza combos you may not have imagined. Thanks for listening to and reading The Whole Dish.